Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor. We are going to talk about Westworld Season 1 Episode 2, it's called Chestnut. Full spoilers for the episode uh, will follow. So this is actually a little bit early this week, uh, yep. because there's a presidential debate on Sunday night and HBO have decided to put it out a couple of days early on their streaming services, Go Now, all that stuff. So, and obviously... So we've got our review up early. So if you've not seen it yet, of course, go check it out uh, before you hear us uh, spoil absolutely everything. I mean, you can wait till Sunday if you want and then come back. But sure, sure. Yeah. We're, we're going to spoil everything. So Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're still watching things completely live on broadcast TV, then by all means, yeah, wait and come back. But anyway, so this was a very interesting episode, I thought. I mean, not that the first one wasn't, but I felt like this introduced a lot of interesting themes yeah. like on I, top of what we had i think it was structurally very interesting as well yeah so i think we'll start with william william is the uh, new character played by jimmy simpson who is a visitor to the park who's came with his friend his friend's been before but he hasn't and we see the maybe not all of it but we see more of the process of arriving at the park and what that's like for a regular person to come here uh, the process of entering, and when I say entering, I don't mean the train. The train is the last part of entering. That's when you actually enter the 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 RPG of it, if you will. Whereas this is like the before. That's like getting your costume, like picking your yeah, gun. Yeah, it, it's like going into the lobby and doing and getting your tickets, all that sort of stuff, almost. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, all right, now I'm through the gate and into the actual rides. Or even to uh, compare it again to an RPG video game, this is the character creation section. And then it is. You go in. It is very much that. Yeah. Interesting. All the people who sort of welcome them are also hosts, uh, but they're programmed differently because she was trained to actually answer the question, "Are you real?" Mm. And I don't think it's because she's more aware of herself. I think it's just because she's programmed to. Yeah, uh, because role. it's once you're in the world, the the guests join in the immersion. Mm. But at this stage, it's like a transitional period where they're aware they're not real. Yeah, but not because they actually know it, just because they're told it. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's important. They're, they're not more self-aware than the ones in the park. They're just, you know, programmed this way. Yeah. So And it's, it's very evasive answer as well when you think about it. Yeah, if you can't tell the difference, does it matter? Yeah, it's like, well, we don't need to think about it, so why should you? Yeah, well, so, so was, that was all very interesting stuff. It was interesting, and again, I like... And this is just a HBO thing, it's a cable thing in general, is that it gets the pacing that gives it a bit more sort of uh, room to breathe. You know, we actually get to see him walk through and look at the different things and, you know, he, he walks slowly to the door and he steps onto the train. Is even really the train is. at first. But... What it is, is they've, they've thrown so much budget at it and they're like, hmm, let's, let's take the time to show off all these pretty <laughs> things we've made. Whereas other things are like, quick, get away from it, hide it. Okay, there's some element of truth in that, but I would argue that all filmmakers would show everything off if they had that option. They would. So I think it's less of, oh, let's show it off because we can. It's just not, no, we can, so we will. Yeah. Right, so. But, uh, yeah, and he and he, he's an interesting character, actually, because William is very, it's his first time here, but he's also very timid. You know, the host that introduced him to the park in the uh, pick-your-costume area 
is even like, you know, we can have sex right here and now. She doesn't say it in those words, but that's essentially what she says. Yeah. I'm here for your enjoyment. And he's like, oh, I better, uh, no, my, my friend will be waiting. And I loved it when he comes out the same door into the train, he's zipping up as, a, as if he instead did take the offer. Yeah. Um, but we see him be kind of uncomfortable with everything. Where he tries to help anyone, he, he apologizes for bumping into someone. He uh, he looks uncomfortable at dinner when his friend just like you know shoots the guy who's trying to talk to them. Yeah, he's he's very uncomfortable in the whole house. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing is just kind of a, a weird experience for him, and it's uh, it plays into a lot of the themes of the episode overall. But we'll be talking later about how, like Anthony Hopkins' character Ford, his entire speech at the end is all about this and about how. When they come here, when the visitors come here, it's not just like they're all different, and it's about they already know who they are. Like, because he's William's friend seems to be of the opinion, oh, once you get here, you should be violent, you should be evil, and you should do this. But it's not really about that. It's about who you already are and who you want to be. Yeah, and just being yourself in this inv- in a different environment. Yeah. So this still makes him uncomfortable. This isn't who he is. So. Which kind of brings a light to the question, these guys who are going in there and are being evil and stuff, is that who they really are? If if Deep down, society wasn't shackling them, essentially? Yeah, I mean, it's a dark question. but It, it is, but I think that's kind of what it's prodding at, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. Uh, and, and does this place attract more people like that, you know? Mm. Is that why more people here seem to be on the evil side of things? Is it, is it an excuse for them to let loose and this mm. is the only place they can? But at the same time, though, like, maybe it doesn't make them, like, maybe they're just more, like, what's the word? They're they're more aware of how fake it is, despite of how real it seems. So it's kind of like us playing a video game where we just shoot people. Like, mm. that's not that's not us being evil. We enjoy doing that because we, it's just fun, uh-huh. you know. So maybe this is like that for them. They they don't see the the humanity in it. They just see the robots. Yeah, they see the robots, and that's just how they treat it. Whereas maybe the character difference for someone like William isn't that he's not evil or he's good versus evil. It's just that he sees like a spark of humanity in them, and that makes him uncomfortable about doing these kind of things because Mm. they are so real, or because he recognizes that they're starting to become a little bit more self-aware, and he sees that in their eyes. Mm. It's good that this is raising all these questions, though. In two episodes in, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much just uh, his stuff. He he does run into Dolores at the end, and there's not as much of Dolores in this episode, but we do get one sort of pivotal thing. We start with her again, though. We start with her waking up in the bed that we did last episode. But you can her... see it starting with that every episode. I know, I can see it as well because what will happen is, is they'll do that every episode until like halfway through season two. There'll be one that doesn't, and we'll all sit up and go, wait, what? What's different? What's that? <laughs> like, yeah. It'll mean something to us that it's not starting with that. But the one main scene with her in it that's of note at this episode is uh, with uh, Bernard. Because he's uh, curious about her and curious about her father. Uh, well, I say father, you know what I mean? Like The, the one who is pretending to be her father in the mm. last episode. Because he's curious about the way they're thinking. And he's having secret meetings with her that he's making her wait from her records. And he's asking her questions about stuff that she remembers. And he, she, she's doing this extra part to her routine where she's going out in the middle of the night. Uh, as we see at the end, it ends with her as well, actually. Uh, her Well, actually, that's not quite the end. But she goes out into the outside and she digs up a gun. Mm. And 
I don't know why I immediately jumped to this, but I, I for some reason I immediately assume that's not one of the the fixed guns. That's that's a real gun. You know, I don't know why I jumped to that, but I feel like no, it is. no, I feel that as well. So next time that someone like the story replays and they come up for her, or and you know she's gonna react, hmm. and it's gonna actually do something. Yeah, because it's it's a one one of the things we said last week. A character basically said word for word this episode about uh, imagine you know what these people these robots would feel if they remembered everything that the people did to them. Yeah. You know, it was the guy who was with uh, Elsie as she was, like, looking at uh, Maeve when she was analysing her. Said yeah. That. Obviously, that, that conversation that. with Dolores playing on memory is very much the other big theme of the episode. It's it's how can they remember, what do they remember, mm. and how that affects them. Yeah. We see, we see it a lot through Maeve's thing. Yeah, well, let's get to Maeve then. Maeve had probably the... Although the million was the biggest sort of story this episode. Definitely. And she was starting to malfunction and she seemed to be having these flashes of these memories. And at first I'm thinking, and this isn't necessarily wrong, but my immediate thought was, all right, she's having flashes of previous like roles that she's played, you know, before she became this, uh, uh, what's, what's the lead hooker called? Is there a, is there a term for the, the, the madam? Maybe it's cause it's not pimp because pimp's not a hooker himself. No, <laughs> I, I want to say it's the, the madam of the whole house. I don't know. Yeah. That that feels vaguely in the ballpark. It seems weird that we're worried about offending. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're sorry to all the whores out there if we get this wrong. <laughs> uh, they're prostitutes now. We don't, we don't use whore anymore. Whore's, a, whore's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, she's starting to remember these things, and it's very different to what her current setting is. Yeah, it's still in a sort of Old West sort of time period, but it's... She, she seems to have some sort of daughter. There seems to be other stuff going on. We see more of it later, but she she's like having these flashes, and it sort of breaks down what she's saying. And the thing that the people running the park are noticing is that she's not actually getting any of the people who talk to her to engage either in her or the other prostitutes. Oh yeah, and that's the problem that, that she should be encouraging them to take part. She should be making them feel comfortable with having sex with one of them. But she's scaring them off instead. Yeah, because she's either being too emotional, and then when they try and make her too aggressive, which I thought was actually really funny that scene where she comes on really strong and like just basically grabs his balls, holds her up against, holds him up against the wall. Basically. Oh yeah, so women. Sorry, I, I'm yeah. not remembering a man for some reason. Yeah, but that was really funny because because she was clearly uncomfortable with it and she was coming <laughs> on like super strong. Yeah. Um. But no, that was that was all uh, really good stuff. But she. But obviously, the big scene with her. Well, two big scenes. Obviously, we see her remember this thing in full, where yeah. this Native American-looking character seems to be killing people around her family. Do you know what struck me as interesting about this? Just mm. the, the scenario itself. Yeah. It plays out very similar to the kind of pitch that we get from uh, the 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 guy, the narrative guy. Hmm. Yeah. You're right. You. It's, now that you mentioned that, I did notice that one of his characters, when he was making his speech and presenting it, one of the characters did look at the Native American character that was in mm. this dream or flash of something or whatever you might call it. Yeah. You, th- you think she's predicting the future? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be too surprised if something like that happened. Maybe. I don't know. I, it, it may be. I, I took it as... 
these are, I mean, they always use similar types of characters. You know, they're obviously Native American characters in their past. They, they could just be recycled yeah. characters, like they're, like many of them are. Yeah. But we see her with the daughter, and, and this was all very well shot, by the way. This was extremely emotional, this entire thing. And it's weird how they're doing a good job of making us kind of care about these robots when they're in situations. Because A, they're not real. B, we know the reset, like, at the end of every day. You know, C, we know that they're always going to come back and so but at the same time it doesn't matter because A we know they're starting to get in humanity and I think B the most important part we know that they feel it at the time even if even yeah, if they the reset they, they forget yeah. it they still experience it for real yeah we'll be talking about that when we get to the man in black because he had a big thing with uh, that mm. but so we see all of this and speaking of the man in black so the Native American is the one stalking her right and she runs into her house she grabs a shotgun and she's got her daughter, and we see the, the Native American character with the face paint on, you know, very sort of tribal-looking. At the window, yeah. Yeah, th- going past the various windows and looking in, and being, you know, pr- pretty creepy, for, for the most part. Then the door opens, and it's not him. In walks the man in black. Hmm. Very interesting. And she can't shoot him, of course, because he's n- not a real... Or he's not a, a host, he's a real person. And I'm like, right, okay. So that still jives with the idea that this is a memory of a previous. But how long ago? That is a good question. Or if you're right and she is predicting the future, is this the next part of his story? And we'll get to you know what he does in this episode, because it seems like it might fit with a like something he does soon. It's just strange because when we see him, he doesn't look like any younger. Yeah, true. I mean, it could be, I mean, given his age, I mean, he could be anything from five to ten years ago within that yeah. time period. Because he's, he's yeah. at the age where he'll look like that for a while. He's not. Yeah, granted, but like it can't be massively long. Because like, obviously we know he's been going there for 30 years. So yeah, it's it not 30 be, like, years that ago. Long. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how, lo- how long has it been since they've recycled her into this, if this was a previous life? Yeah. Also, one more before we move on with her, I actually see her little speech that she kept giving when she was trying to like talk mm. to them into having sex. I like that speech because it was all about a brave new world and you can be whatever you want. And it felt very like it. This has a specific meaning to these people visiting the park. Like this, yeah. even though she's she's saying it in the context of you know coming to America or whatever and whatever she's talking about, but it has a meaning to them coming to the yeah. park. You know, it's. I also thought Thang Newton did a really great job with that speech, delivering it in the different manner each time that oh, they yeah, yeah. changed her settings. Yeah, that, that was actually a really good bit of acting. All, all the hosts, for the most part, are doing a really good job with these, oh, absolutely. these subtle differences when they're programmed to do it slightly different ways. Because at first it was like put anger or uh, put aggression up by 20%, and then the second time it was put up... Uh, Empathy like, or something? Empathy, understanding. It was something along those lines, but it was like one point five percent. Very subtle. <laughs> and I, it was. Yeah, but the acting kind of reflected that. So you know what? Uh, good job. On, yeah. yeah, good job there. Because <laughs> uh, if you told me to be one point five more percent of anything, I don't think I could pull that off. <laughs> no, no, I definitely couldn't. Um, I mean. Sure, I mean, I could probably make Connor 1.5% more ginger by just messing with the colour correction, but I can type in 1.5% and see what it does. <laughs> that would be scary. Oh, dear. Do you really want more ginger? No, no, never. Never more ginger. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that no one in that park has ginger hair. 
That's all I'm saying. It's a little unsettling, actually. I mean, I think I think they've just sussed that no one visiting a park, no one spending the thousands of dollars it probably costs to come to this park, wants to go and see a ginger. I think you're wrong. I think they'd love there to be gingers there so that they can shoot them. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just being authentic that maybe there wouldn't be any gingers there at the time period. That's possible. But I still think people might find it therapeutic. Then, thinking about it, I mean, all the, a lot of those people who would have been there would be people who travelled from, you yeah. know, like Ireland and Scotland where there would be ginger people, so maybe there should be the occasional one. I don't know. It's just discrimination. But it's it discrimination is. I can get behind. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, where were we? Yeah, so she ha- she we see all this weird dream. Very well done. Very emotional, despite not knowing the complete context. Despite knowing it's mostly fake, but it does raise interesting questions. Like, and it made me think actually that the, the man in black, like, is he in part responsible for these people starting to remember things because he maybe is doing things over and over again. Like the repetition of it's maybe settling in because what he does is so visceral because he does like come across as this predator like and he does often seem to do the same things because he refers to the specific people like ah oh, we've done this before mm. so i'm wondering if he's some sort of catalyst because of the way he acts and because he's been acting like that for so long mm, could well be so no i thought that was very interesting but of course probably even more interesting than this though is the next scene because we cut to it's not quite an autopsy table but you We've never seen this in the last episode, but it's kind of like the area of the the place where the the technicians and the whatever came in and fix. Just, just before we get this, I think it's worth noting that this that this cut to is out of obviously that scene, but mm. that was played as a dream on her end. Oh yeah. After, yeah. after we were told they can't dream. That's true. Yeah, because we were told they can't dream, but they know the they understand the concept of nightmares. Is a way of explaining if they get like the occasional memory of like being like worked on or like fixed or you know. They'll assume it was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But this was played straight up as a dream. We see her get into bed, she lies down, she closes her eyes, and then this sequence starts. Well, yeah, because a big part of this is that the the technicians working on think, oh, you must have not put her in sleep mode, but he assures us that he did. But we believe him because we see her go to sleep and we see the dream. So yeah. we we take her waking up, not as them forgetting to do something, but as a something went went wrong. Yes, this is another part of her becoming more sentient. You know. Yeah. Uh, so she wakes up on this uh, quote unquote operating table. So this is the area of, like behind the scenes and they're you know running the park where they fix all the the wounds that they might get. You know, because obviously they're getting decapitated and throat slit and shot and whatever else. And this is them fixing something in her abdomen yeah uh, what did uh, you say it was exactly mrsa right okay um so she wakes up and the technicians kind of freak out <laughs> because they don't know how it, but they're creeped out i mean and actually if you're working on the table you yeah know, if you think so there's essentially a dead body for all yeah. like all intents and purposes and then it sits up yeah, well, just, I was even saying, I was just the eyes open and she started looking around, it was, you know, yeah. so sufficiently creepy, but she like grabs like one of the scalpels and is like, you know, don't you touch yeah. me, so on, yeah. and it, it was interesting because obviously, actually, one minor point I want to bring up is we we do see that, this is actually the Man in Black scene, but I just, since I remembered it, I'm just going to briefly mention it, they can struggle with the guests, they can 
Because we see someone grab him. Like, we see one of the hosts mm. grab him, and he sort of fights him off and shoots him. Now, I have no doubt they'll they'll not be able to, like, finish, like, strangling or anything like that. But it's just worth noting that they can, like, tackle him and things like it's, that. Uh, also, on that point, back when, uh, is it William, was yes. entering the park and he was having the interview, he said, I thought we couldn't get hurt. And she said, oh, you can, to a point. Like, we don't give you more than you could handle, but there's got to be some level yeah, of realism. True, true. Yeah, because so. she asked him, like, you know, if, if he's sensitive and things like that, because they'll, they'll cap it and, like, stop him from going into, like, the dangerous... Because the way they set it up in this episode as well is that that town that we always start in is the centre, and it's the safest there, but as you go further out, you get the more extreme, if you want, like, more of a thrill, you, you know, you get to the dangerous areas and things like that. Yeah. Which, obviously, you're still safe from proper harm, but, you know, it's a bit There's more... There's a little bit more risk. Yeah, a bit more danger involved. Uh, but, yeah, so she wakes up, and she's like panicking and she, she she goes for a wonder and she's butt ass naked at this point as well it's worth <laughs> pointing out uh, as she kind of should be it'd be kind of weird if they did cover them up for these kind of things because why would why would they care yeah she's a robot yeah it's very clinical nudity like as much as there is nudity in this show it's all very like medical feeling there's a sterile it is that's exactly yeah. what it is especially when you're in like, like you say it's not quite an operating room it's more of a mechanics table but it feels like an operating room. Yeah, it's kind of like a cross between the two, like a mechanics workshop yeah. and an operating room. Yeah, but there was some stunning images. See, she was like wandering through these halls, and everything's it's very it's like the rooms themselves are all very bright and white, but the halls are all very dark and so. There's this kind of like dim green tint as well. Yeah, but as she's like walking through, and we see these wide shots, and we see her like go past like the the escalators, and because we, we've seen earlier or later like how deep that escalator like sort of level is. Yeah. And you just get a sense of scale and hard bewilderment. Like she, she only knows the old west, and she's wandering around this like futuristic complex of various things. That yeah. she, she saunters into like another one of these areas where it's all these like they're like discarding of all the body parts they don't need anymore because they've been damaged mm. too much. And we see like James Marsden, who we saw get shot like randomly in one scene, like just sitting there with all these bullet holes. Obviously, she was talking to him. While, yeah. while he got shot, so that one would have some impact on her, yeah. more than perhaps some of the others. Yeah. And the, 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 I mean, the technicians come in and, like, you know, put her to sleep, and that's kind of the end of it, but it's all just a bit hard bewilderment and, like, horror and of what she's seeing as she's walking through these areas. Do you know what I found interesting, though? Mm. They had to physically inject her to put her to sleep. It wasn't like they could just say a command. Yeah, I wonder... I wonder if that's because of their job. Like, maybe they don't have... Like, maybe all the people who can give commands are all cleared to do so. Yeah. Because, that would make sense. Because so far, the ones we've seen give commands are security and, like, the the programmers. But mm-hmm. the, how else would they put them in sleep mode? They wouldn't do it with a, a physical injection every time, surely. Sleep mode would be a setting. Um... I don't know, but why wouldn't they just immediately put her to sleep when she got up? They obviously uh, can't. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It just the, the, just the, the phrase sleep mode implies setting rather than put her to sleep, which would be more what, what, what they do. Like I say, it's either just based on your job if you have access, like if your voice will work on it, because like, mm. could one of the guests just say go to sleep and they would go to sleep? That's true. Uh, so I'm thinking it's just uh, like job rank, like sort of related. Yeah. Um, if not, maybe 
I don't know. I, I don't have any explanation for it. So, mm. all right. But no, no, it was a fantastic scene, though. Like her, her, oh, absolutely. Her wandering and looking at everything was just like full of, like she was full of like bewilderment, and I'm just like watching and like not bewilderment, but I'm just you know soaking small, in small wonderment. Yeah, wonderment. Yeah, it's wonderment for me, but bewilderment for her. So, yeah. Uh, no, fantastic stuff. So, Man in Black. Let's tackle Man in Black's uh, plotline here. So we see the scallop that he got last episode. He gets uh, to this uh, gentleman who's about to be hung. Hanged. Hanged. I do apologise. Grammar Nazi. Anyway. Uh, and he takes him off because he thinks he can help him with his, uh, his search for this maze. He wants the entrance to this maze. Because it's a fantastic sequence, though. Like, you know, what we... When he's taking him off, the, the news like just before he's there's he's killing all the people mm. that were that were hanging him, but we don't see it. We we're focused on the guy being hanged, like with the noose yeah. around his neck and he's blindfolded. So we see essentially what he sees until yeah. right at the end where the, there's like a body just flies across the screen. Yeah, and it's worth again mention he's a host, but he's feeling the what is going on right now. Uh, you, you can see the fear on his face. Also, I love uh, Ed Harris is killing it. By the way, I, I I don't think I mentioned this last week, but I really I do like Ed Harris a lot, and mm. I've missed seeing him and stuff. Like, cause he, I feel like he doesn't do as much, you know, movies and stuff as he used to. And I really like that he's got like a, I'm going to get a regular dose of him, and I think he's killing it. I think that line that he gives uh, when he's talking to the he's negotiating as it were with the the hangman, uh, just before he he starts killing everyone, and the guy threatens or. Oh, I'll get my buddy over there to dig that hole a few feet deeper. And he's like, yes. I don't think I'll be able to squeeze all of you in. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. That's a good line. Good line. It's great delivery. Yeah. But it takes uh, this guy to... What's his name here? I'm, I'm, I'm scanning the cast list here. I want to say Lawrence... Sounds like it could be right, yeah. Yeah, Lawrence, it takes him to this small town. And the Man in Black keeps revealing stuff to me about how this park works because he he says, obviously, every time he comes here, he learns more stuff. And, like, he's met Lawrence before because he he talks to him as if he's known him before, but he only just recently figured out that he's got a family here. So this is the first time he's actually taken them to his family. I also like that, like like you say, every time he he comes, he learns more stuff. I feel that, like, every time we visit one of his scenes... Yeah, we learn more stuff, yeah. yeah. And he's talking about this deeper game, the real game. He also says something interesting about how he doesn't want to go back in, like, again, like, he doesn't want to go home. Yeah, it's like he's kind of gotten too attached. This this fake place has become his reality. Yeah. Actually, I really love that during this scene, uh, before he starts killing everyone again, <laughs> um, it cuts to the security guys, like, running the park, and they're watching it, uh, to the... Uh, the watered down Hemsworth, as I'll uh, call him. Well, come on, you've you've got Chris, yeah. and you've got Liam, a few rungs down, and then you've got this guy. I mean, he's you know. Yeah, I know that's it's completely fair. <laughs> got Luke, but anyway, he uh, like they actually brought up the point. He's already killed like you know an entire posse of men. Should we slow him down? And then he gives an interesting response. He says, "No, no, the guest gets whatever he wants." But the way he said it, I wasn't sure if he meant that guest specifically gets whatever he wants. That's kind of the impression I got, too. Because at first, it was like, the guest gets what they want. But it's like, I feel like we've seen times where they might intervene Mm. if things got too far already. 
within other areas. So clearly they are aware of him and that he is either a VIP or if there's more to it than that. I mean, we could speculate, I suppose, if he, you know, but... If, if I was going to speculate, I'd guess it was probably something that he's friends or someone who knows Ford personally. And maybe. that they get special treatment because of that, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's open to possibilities, but it did sound like that person specifically gets what they want. Yeah. So let's not intervene. But yeah, so going back again to that idea of we, we care about these hosts because even though they're not real and they get reset, because they feel it in the moment, they, they do feel it for that day. The feelings they're feeling are real. The man in black, like, shooting his wife and then threatening to shoot his daughter. Uh, powerful scene. Whole thing. It really is, yeah. Very powerful. But of course, the man in black doesn't care about any of this morally because to him... As far, yeah, as far yeah. as he's concerned, he's not doing anything wrong. Yeah, so it, it creates a very interesting dynamic and it's and this, I think this is the scene more, more than anything where I started to realise just how much I kind of it was weird how much we care about all these fake people yeah it's impressive because at the same time it doesn't paint any of like, like the man in black it doesn't paint him as a villain because, because well I would argue maybe the, the whole raping thing with Dolores did well maybe but at the same time it's like it's not anything real I mean, to us, we, we go, sure, we know that they're developing some sort of sentience, so it's a little bit different. But from his point of view, it's just a, a, a thing. It isn't It isn't an actual sure, person. Sure, but even just the fact that he'd want to have that, to do that, even pretend, is kind of... Sure, but you can say that's no different to people who have sex dolls, you know? Like, it's the same, it's just a more realistic version, isn't it? To him. Sure, sure. But like, look, earlier on I was comparing the, the killing people to video games. Mm. I would never want to actually rape someone in a video game, you know? Mm. It's past the line, if that... Yeah. But I'm sure there are people who would. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there are, but, you know, let's not talk about them, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, he, so he's threatening the daughter, and it's actually the daughter who then like gives in this information she says something very cryptic i can't so, something about going past the snake's head and yeah it's but, clearly some sort of cryptic message that yeah. we we cannot decipher because we don't have enough information but then he takes lawrence with him anyway he, he keeps taking lawrence with him and that's kind of the end of his story for this but i thought it was very interesting that this deep secret part of the game this deep secret thing that he's trying to uncover like obviously this daughter had this information so is this just one of the storylines of the park that's so deep that only people who have really been digging for a long time can discover it? I think it is, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It's when he says, oh, he keeps finding things, he keeps learning things, and he's really fixated over these quite small details, really. Yeah, I can see where you're going with this now. Yeah, Yeah, and it connects quite nicely to Ford stuff about everything's in the subtleties. Yeah, yeah, because obviously Lee pitches his his storyline, the Red River or whatever it was called, and I love how Anthony Hopkins just goes, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything about it you like? What size are those shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. Yeah, that was a good line. But no, he, actually, again, his speech about why people like the park, it's not for the obvious quest. And it's funny because, again, comparing it to video games, and we are both people who play video games, and we, we both play RPGs. It's like, it's not the 
sometimes it's not the big stories that actually impress you. It's the details. It's the little things. It's the and it's weird how we can kind of relate to that because it does kind of parallel to video yeah. games in a weird way. So as, as a recent example, Witcher Three last mm. year, you know, massive game. Many people have played it. It's the small, random little quests that random villagers will give you that, for me, were far more interesting well, than the main story. Is, well, see, the thing is, is that I, th- I thought the main story in that did get very good uh, towards the end, but to me, it's not even the stories that are little quests. That's not that's not even the details I think he's talking about, because they're mm. just still stories that are programmed to be this or that. It's the differences depending on how you interact with them. Like, you know, people are always more impressed with a video game when you can vastly change the little outcomes. The, the reason why Witcher 3 such, got such an intriguing, like, interwoven like, story with side quests is because everything affects everything. Every, you yeah. know, like if you if you mess over a character in a quest, he'll be pissed at you later. And it's kind of that thing. It's all it's action and reaction. And it's, yeah, and, that, and that's what we have here. Yeah, that's, that's what you know, the man in black's doing. It's, it's, what he, it's what Anthony Hopkins is talking about. Sorry, I should say Ford, not Anthony Hopkins. But, you know... It's what he's talking about here. It's, it's that's why they come back. It's because they discover something and they get a reaction. So next time, if they come back again, they want to see if they can get a different reaction or they want to see what that can lead to now. Maybe maybe if they only got there at that point in their trip and they're about to leave so they don't have time to explore something they've just discovered. And, and they, they come back, back and experience yeah. it more, yeah. Which is it, why I think this is something that he's planted such a long time mm-hmm. ago as something that is just so small that is there. It's a little subtle thing that if you notice it, you can follow it. And interestingly, his other stuff in this episode is he he goes for a stroll. We see him take an elevator up and come out into the park. And he goes for a little stroll. And he meets this young boy who, at first, they kind of play it off as if the young boy is actually one of the visitors with his uh, parents and he's got lost. I was doubting that immediately because he was dressed identically to Anthony Hopkins and it was kind of... There was this surreal, like, sort of weirdness about him so I, I got immediately that it wasn't him uh, and obviously they confirmed it later because uh, Ford like sort of controls him yeah he controls him he sort of gives him a command and gets him to leave but he he travels and finds this like essentially just like a sort of like structure with a cross at the top of it it's like a like a water tower almost yeah water tower I was almost thinking it was almost like a single like a part of like a telephone like cable, like mm. stand, you know the big sort of uh, yeah, like the pylon, pylon, yeah, uh, but with a cross at the top of it. And then at the end, when he's like talking to uh, Bernard, and he's like, uh, I- "I've been planning this story for a while. They'll have their new storyline, and that's where they meet. Up. That's where they end up. And that's the end of the episode, as we see this cross as part of this planned storyline." Mm. So, wonder if that ties in with the the Man in Black stuff. Yeah, if he's actually had this storyline there the whole time, and yeah. He's going to like reveal it to them through. Because obviously, we see the other security guys paying attention and tracking the man in black. I wonder if he's keeping an eye out as well. Has gone. Okay, it's time. Hmm. Possibly. It just quickly. Bernard uh, and Teresa are sleeping together. Uh, yeah. Not much. Not much to add to that. It's just a little character thing. But yeah, so much happened in this episode. There was a there was a lot. Yeah, I think we covered it all. Though I think I think uh, we've remembered everything. I think so. I mean, if we miss it, I will say that music great again. Uh, I loved the the cover this time. The Radiohead, uh, no surprises, very good. It's quite early on in the episode this time. 
I will take your word for it. I did not recognize that song. Uh, I'm also loving the music in in general. Yeah, the score, like the score is very good. Uh, the opening title music is fantastic. Oh, it's gorgeous. It is a uh, Ramin Jawadi who does the Game of Thrones stuff. Actually, more to the point, he also did Person of Interest, which was Jonathan oh, Nolan's last show, and that also had very good music. I didn't know he did that. That makes me much more interested. Oh yeah, music's good. Oh, okay, maybe I'll have to check that out. You should. I'm halfway through season three, and it's very, very good. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, that's uh, episode two of Westworld, and we went over 30 minutes again, so I've got a feeling, guys, this is going to be one of these shows where we've got so much to talk about each week that we're going long, so uh, <laughs> thank you very much for sticking around for the, the conversation. Let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Give us your theories and thoughts and all that. Uh, like and subscribe it always helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. And yeah, we'll be back in just over a week's time because we got this one early. But uh, who knows, maybe it'll be nice to us and give us it early every week. All we need is we need a presidential debate every Sunday. <laughs> sure. But uh, no, guys, thank you very much for watching. Keep watching TV. We'll see you next time. <laughs>